Fuel, the podcast for fixing underperformance and evolving leadership within the automotive industry. Fuel is bringing you the latest in proven strategies and techniques that can take your service department to the next level. Welcome back to Fuel. I'm Alex Keith. I'm your host. And with me again is James Grogan. James, say hello. Hello, round two. Thanks for having me back. Perfect. So remember, last time we talked about pricing compliance, how to become perfectly priced. Uh, we, we noted a couple key things. You, you got to know where the market's at by either using some kind of phone call or any kind of mystery shop, you know, and, and then you're establishing, you know, how you're becoming perfectly priced, you know, with certain metrics. What kind of ELR, labor gross profit, retail prices, things like that. And that's where the analytics come into play. And then we tied that back up with timeline. When do we want to reevaluate this perfect price that we have established? And that's every four to six months. So expanding onto that today, I want to jump right into labor matrixing. You know, part of that perfect price is using analytics. And what is labor matrixing? How can it perfectly you know, tune your pricing structure to benefit your store in your market? So I know there's a couple of terms. We had a live terms. chat. I feel like it would be popping off during yeah, this episode. Yeah, I think it would blow up. That's la- labor say. matrices, for some reason, always seem to be uh, – controversial is not the, maybe the best word to use, but people have very strong opinions one way or the other. And it's always interesting as we do go through educations on stuff like this, how those opinions tend to come out. So Absolutely. Uh, and it, I think it's like that word flush – snake to snake oil type type comparison it's like i don't really understand like you don't want to go that route with it because of words or experiences and things like that so understanding labor matrixing is the same mentality of understanding perfect pricing dialing in the maximum you can charge for the the best value that you can give the customer right the maximum we can charge with the least amount of negative impact as well you know and essentially if you're defining a labor matrix. So again, the way I would look at it is a pricing structure that allows maximum profitability, but it's also in relation to the type of work you see. So I would say your labor mix. What kind of labor mix do you have? Do you have a front end labor mix? You know, one, two, three hours type of repairs. Do you have a back end labor mix? You know, we're seeing a lot of heavy mechanical repairs, or do you have somewhere in between, kind of an overall labor mix? So understanding a pricing structure to maximize that profitability and in relation to your labor mix, but then also in relation to the skill level of some of those jobs when your higher paid technicians are getting involved and how often are they getting involved? Strategic profitability. I like that. Strategic profitability. I, you know, it, that's what I always re- related to. Here's the deal. Uh, I equate it back to, I mean, you can equate it back to a lot of industries, but, you know, your general practitioner, they're not going in, they're not doing spine surgery. Right. They're not going in and doing hip replacements. They're not going in and doing, you know, brain uh, surgery. Like there is a specialist with training and certifications and experience. And guess what? They're probably more expensive. Actually, I know they're more expensive. Exactly. <laughs> right. So a huge difference. You know, there. And I feel like sometimes in the automotive industry, you know, one price fits all. And it's like, well, wait a minute. One price fits all, but don't you have a guy who specializes or girl who specializes in diesel, who's certified in diesel, who has X years of experience in dealing with, you know, electrical or with AC and with, and is that technician 
you know, is that skill on par with the general practitioner, the C-level tech that maybe is six months out of quick lane, mm-hmm. right? Probably not. No, they're not. You, you pay them more. So why would you give them work that you lose, technically lose profit on because of how good they are? It, it just, it to me, it never made sense. So I always right. just called yeah. it strategic profitability. A strategic profit. profitability. Yeah. I like, I really like that. And I think, you know, understanding, you know, that we do pay our technicians separately. And whether anybody likes labor matrixing or not, I'm here to tell you, unfortunately, you're already on a matrix, whether you like it or not. <laughs> you know, you already are. I mean, our pricing structures are different. You don't charge the same that you would do a oil change to a tire, to a, um, a oil change to a, um, break job. You're just not going to do that, right? You're not going to charge the difference between doing a break job and putting in a caliper or putting in a master cylinder. And you're definitely not going to let the guy who's, who's really good at oil changes perform a master cylinder or caliper replacement. So if you don't think you're on a matrix, you already are. So what are we talking about with labor matrixing? Well, we are talking about a focus. We are starting to focus in labor pricing for a consistent area. And that area that we're going to be discussing is mechanical-based repair. Mechanical-based repair, labor matrixing. You know? And the benefit of doing that, again, is understanding your labor mix. It's going to help you understand what type of work you see in your shop a lot better than just having an idea. Yeah, well, I think we're around here. Or do you know? That's and, and I think the key thing. It's, I think it's important you brought that up because it is repair that we want to discuss. We're not going to talk about putting a matrix in on maintenance items. We're not going to put a matrix in on competitive stuff like oil changes, tire. No, what we're going to talk about today is why do we need to put in a, you know, labor matrix or what you'll hear it called as variable pricing strategy uh, sometimes for your repair work. For your repair work and understanding the, the benefits of doing that for profitability. And again, it's a sweet spot method. It's a perfect pricing method. It's charging the maximum we can charge with the least amount of negative impact to our customers. But it also, in some cases, gives us the op- opportunity to, to, to roll into something. Now, I'm going to discuss this later on, so I'm not going to get too far into it. But understanding a perceived discount or adjustment versus a true discount or adjustment. So we'll get into those a little bit further later on the podcast. So you got to subscribe. you got to keep listening if you want me to dive into that. You know, but labor matrixing is really like it, it's designed to help you stay profitable and understand and have more awareness of what kind of labor uh, jobs you're doing and what type of technicians are doing those jobs on a on a um, scale basis. You know, when do we start seeing them getting more involved in certain heavy labor work and in you know, how can we tune in our effective labor and labor gross profit? So when you're looking at a labor matrix, you have to have technology. You have to. Okay, unless you really, really want to sit there and finger through all these ROs and figure out and document it and put your little spreadsheet together, more than more than welcome to. I mean, I know the one thing everybody's running out of is time, so I don't think that would be the method. But technology is going to be key. So within the EBIS tool, we have the grid frequency report that's under the ELR manager, and what this report allows us to do is see how our labor mix runs out. Now, James, let, let me get your pick your brain on this one. If you were going to look a batch of data, right, and you're trying to find out maybe some of the highs and lows of your business, what do you think a good time frame would be to look at as far as what, like just a month, 
what do you think three months what a six months like you know what, I would, what kind of time frame yeah i think i would default to 90 days depending on when i was doing my review mm-hmm. so for example if i'm doing my review at the first of the year i don't know that i would do 90 days because you have the holidays you have, you know, some people aren't going to spend money during Christmas, but some people are going to spend a ton of money because they're about to go on the road for Thanksgiving. Right. Vice versa. Um, I think six months is probably the most I would go back. Right. So you could look at a month, get an idea. You could look at 90 days. I think 90 days is probably where I would go, um, you know, most of the time. And then just be aware of, obviously, if, if I'm going 90 days and it's, major holidays or, you know, Hey, I was closed for two weeks for a snowstorm. Fluctuation. Like, like just, yeah. yeah. Fluctuation no, in the market. No your time. Yeah. yeah. Fluctuation in the market. I think it's the same mentality when you're talking about parts, right? Sometimes parts are available and sometimes they aren't. And sometimes there's certain seasons for certain parts and things like that. Um, you know, I'm going to go out a step further. I'm going to say, I like annual, you okay. know, I like, I like six months, but I'm more of an annual based kind of guy. Cause I want the total, atmosphere i want to understand when you're fully staffed when you're not fully staffed when you have vehicles coming in getting out of your shop and when you don't have vehicles coming in the highs and lows in the season the highs and lows in the summer months in the vacation months and things like that the tax season things like that kids are going back to school so how often do we see certain jobs in certain areas and where's the sweet spot so to speak where do we see the most jobs and do we have a good mix the front end or the back end I think there's also something you also want to think about is what are you going to be paying your technicians? Exactly. Because here's the deal. Once again, strategic profitability. So if I know I'm about to give all my technicians a raise or I know I need to, or I know, Hey, I'm going to hire in maybe a couple new technicians and I'm probably going to have to overpay. Right. Cause that seems to be where the market is currently. Well, strate- once again, strategic profitability, why would I not tweak my matrix to help offset that expense. Yeah, because think right? about how you did it before. W- what did we have to do before anytime we made any adjustments? Well, we either we had to eat it until our annual review came up or we're going to increase our door rate by five yep. or ten dollars or whatever. And we don't we're not going to give a raise and then increase our door rate. Now most of the time if you're going to give a raise, you want to plan for that, increase your door rate and then roll that into the profitability analysis, right? Say, mm-hmm. hey, how, can we stay profitable? I think that's a huge benefit that you just brought up about the labor matrixing. You technically wouldn't have to change your starting rate, depending on your labor matrix. You wouldn't have to change your rate. You could just fluctuate what kind of percentages of increases we're retaining some more profitability to help us overcome some of those percentages to stay profitable. Stay yeah, profitable think, with what we're doing. I think you could say, hey, I want to be at 76% gross profit and on labor. Exactly. And you just you build out your matrix for that. So guess what? As the price of your technician, you know, goes up, right? And let let's be honest, we know there's still kind of a bidding war out there. So if mm-hmm. you're priced right and you're practicing perfect pricing and you're practicing a labor matrix and strategic profitability, you can pay, you can overpay a technician. Because guess what? Now you just go in tweak your labor matrix a couple percent, and I know we're going to talk about that next episode on the yep. strategy behind that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I know, hey, I need three technicians and, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I normally pay them $25 an hour. But if I go pay 28, 29, I can get three guys in by the end of the month. Exactly. Well, I mean, pay so them, tweak your grid. Yeah. Don't wait. Don't, you know, don't pay them and lose the profit. Pay them, tweak the grid. 
one, visually, who's going to see it? Two, what's the impact of it? Probably not much because it's a small percent. And then three, you got three guys in the shop now turning extra hours, which means guess what? Your advisors can sell more confidently. You're pushing more cars through the shop. Uh, I mean, and if you're doing this without perfect pricing and without a labor matrix, it's hard. I, I, I just going to say it. Yeah, because now what impact. happens? It's an immediate impact. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You said visual impact. And to, to you're, you should keep saying tweaking, you know, that little tweak term. That's the tuning, right? That's that's where mm-hmm. we talked about the, you know, how do you put, to do some um, tuning, you know, expert tuning for your business. Because let's face it, the visual impact of if you're at $120 today and then next month you're at 150 because you had to overcome that, I, I think people are going to notice that. They're going to start to notice where it starts to impact their business. I'm not saying we're trying to bait and switch or throw something over. No, we're still being fair. We're being perfectly priced. Remember, maximum increase, least amount of negative impact to our customer. You know, so um, we're talking about a labor matrix, right? Like the importance of a labor matrix to my to my extent, it, it does make you more aware of your labor mix in your service department as far as mechanical repairs. When you're on a matrix, you're going to be more aware of your business, where it's at, highs and lows, things like that. But the biggest thing is, let's say you're on the matrix. You go to a matrix. You've never been on one. You listen to this podcast. You're like, well, those guys have got it figured out. I better go to one of these, right? Remember that fuel podcast that everybody's subscribing to? Hey, plug. So looking Everybody's at this here. Everybody. Yeah, I think the biggest question I'm always asked when I'm talking to people about labor matrixing is, what's your door rate? What's your door rate? How do I answer that question when somebody comes up and says, what's your door rate? What's your labor rate? If we're in a variable pricing structure, I just tell them we're on a matrix. Do I tell them what we are? Oh. I wouldn't recommend that. I wouldn't recommend telling them that you're on a matrix. People don't understand that. If you say grid, so, matrix, whatever. So what do you say? I would say we price by the job. Because you brought up something earlier that was pretty pretty a good tie into this, the the uh, uh, um, medical field. Mm-hmm. If you go, if you have a broken shoulder, and you need to go get your shoulder fixed, they don't break it down and say, "Well, I'm going to do two or three hours over here at this price, and two or three hours over here." No, no, no. It's like, hey, it's fifty thousand dollars to fix your shoulder. Do you want it fixed or not? Like that's kind of their mentality. Yeah. I think that's our mentality as well because. There are other factors sometimes that come into play, additional time when we have to do certain things and additional labor that we have to bring up. So I would say then if somebody if you go to a labor matrix and somebody presents that conversation, what is your door rate? Well, our diag charge is $100. That's what our diag charge is. Based off the diag, we charge by the job. Depending on what kind of repair you need, we will give you a quote for that repair. We charge by the job. But if you're looking for a rate, the rate that we talk to the customer about is our diagnostic charge. You know, when you're going back to the, the health industry, the medical industry, the time that is quoted has nothing to ever do with expense. It's exactly. just an expectation of how long I'm going to have to sit and wait. <laughs> right? Convenience it's, fee. Well, it's, it's never, hey, it's never, here's the price to fix everything. And then, you know, when you go into the surgery, they're like, oh, by the way, it's a five-hour surgery. They don't go, because it's a five-hour surgery, I'm going to charge X, right? Correct. It's never that way. So the five hours is just an expectation of how long everything's going to take, right? And it's the same thing on a labor matrix deal. If we're selling a job, it's not about the 3.9 hours times X. It's, this is the price for the job. Mm-hmm. Oh, but by the way, that job should only take probably about four hours to do once we get it in the shop. 
right? Yeah. That it, it's the price it, should become about the wait time or the efficiency to the client, never the correct. price. Correct. Never the price. And I think you know the return date mentality of that is you know here's here's the parts and labor for this job or here's the total. For this job out the door, here's the return date that I can get it to you. Any time that we give a time frame to a customer mm-hmm. and we say, hey, that should only take about two hours to do. Well, if you come back in an hour, they're going to say, well, it only took an hour. Yeah. Well, you're going to charge me full price. Or you come back in two and a half hours or three hours. What's taking so long? I got to go. I need my vehicle. So you never win, in my opinion. I mean, sometimes you get away with it, but I don't think you're going to win on majority. Customers are very hard as far as when it comes to uh, convenience. You know, they don't want to come to the dealership. They don't want to get stuff fixed. It's an inconvenience. It's like going to the dentist for them, it seems like, to some people. So the idea of it is, is, is when you're promoting perfect pricing, which we've talked about, when you're on a labor matrix, it allows you to dial that business in to the price that you give your customer, you give to them with confidence. Mm-hmm. Because not only are you perfectly priced, we're promoting the value of that. We've got top tier technicians in here. You're in the top, you know, I've got a nice clean waiting room. I've got loaner cars to take care of you. I've got a parts department and you can go buy access accessories for your store. I got a brand new showroom over here that you could come over here and take a look at new vehicles. So I don't want to take us off top because I know we're we're gonna talk about it more as we talk about labor matrixing and maintenances, but you know, everything we do in the dealership has a time. Oil change has a time, air filter in some cases has a time, wiper blah 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 blah. Yet Repair seems to be only thing we quote time on. Quote time is variable. If we're not, ha- if we don't have a labor matrix, right? If we do a door rate, it's four hours at, right? And then if you say, well, we are, well, we don't quote by time. Well, if you don't quote by time, and you're not using a strategic profitability or variable pricing or whatever you want to call it, right? Then what you're doing is you are handcuffing your ability to earn profit, but yet still be competitive. Because guess what? Break jobs are how much? Depends on the vehicle. On so the guess vehicle. what? You have a variable pricing strategy for maintenance. Exactly. Why, why don't you have repair? But let's also say that I do my perfect pricing. I do my mystery shop. I do my, and I realize that I need to reduce my price on maintenance. Well, most people are going to go, man, if I reduce my price, I'm now losing profit. Correct. Which is true. It's simple math equation, right? Can't take a negative, right? But if I build my variable pricing strategy, especially on repair, where I can maintain a specific level of profit, then and guess what? If I have to drop my break price ten bucks, now you can inter- now you can incur it. Now you can incur yeah. the the, the infect of that. So, I mean, I think that is the biggest benefit of understanding that you're already on a labor matrix. We're just focusing that yep. into one key area. So, kind of wrap things up here on this fuel podcast. Which again, we we really appreciate all our listeners. Um, any feedback, you know, we love hearing feedback. We love, you know, dealing with that. You know, today what we discussed was, you know, labor matrix pricing, you know, how to perfectly tweak or perfectly tune your business, you know, using a labor matrix. And some things that we pointed out was, is, is not having to consistently make huge visible changes by having to change your door rate, having the understanding that technically you're already on a labor matrix. We're just focusing that into one area. And then understanding, you know, like once you go to a labor matrix, it, it allows you to to be perfectly priced, retain more effective labor rate, more labor gross profit, and it allows you to have better awareness of what type of hours you're seeing in your shop. It's just going to give you more oversight and more ability to stay in tune with your business. I have one more comment. That. Yeah, go ahead. I will bet 
you guys check out the check out the show notes, check out the comments, send me an email if you think I'm wrong. But I would bet the stores that have an effective matrix, in other words, it's reviewed, it's monitored, it's measured, it's all that stuff, have a higher client retention than those that are on a state straight door rate. I would agree with you. I would I would agree with you because the there's Just more value being promoted. Promoted more value, and then also a straight door rate brings up way too many questions on pricing. Yeah. So, sorry. No, you're good. I think that's a great tie-in because, you know, one of the things we do, we want to recap, um, you know, one of the things we brought up in per, in the price uh, optimization is timeline. So if we decide to go to a labor matrix, when are we going to the matrix? And how are we uploading that matrix? Now, if everybody based off this call and as we roll into our next call, which is going to be the, I like to call this one, James, you're going to like this one, the three bears of labor matrixing. So what labor matrix is the best? Can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> so when we go into to that episode, it's going to be discussing timeline of introducing the perfect matrix for your store, but then also understanding, you know, how do we upload it mm-hmm. to our to our advisors? Do we put it in the DMS? Do we put it on their their desktop and things like that? And and how do how can they use that to the best benefit? You know, so like always, guys and gals, if you're listening, please like, share, follow, subscribe. We'll have some meeting notes down at the bottom. Again, I'm Alex Keith. I'm your host. James, appreciate you joining me again. Till next time. Till next time. Have a good one.